back for the bog stops here we are returning for another episode uh, to brighten up your lives uh, talking about football finances and all things in between because we usually waffle off into something completely random uh, we've got the same dream trio as last week um, we've got the average age being brought significantly up by Ed Young and Matt Skinner how are you Ed? I'm doing good thanks how are you? <laughs> I'm good mate <laughs> and Matt Oh, that's, that's what a nice way to start the pod off. Just <laughs> mentioning that. Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah. I'll, I'll get my Zimmer frame out soon. Got your tablets and all. Yeah, tablets. It. Got my Zimmer frame parked up as well. Exactly. All, all good. Exactly. Oh, do you think, right, this completely random question, do you think you'll DJ with a Zimmer frame? No. Ah, oh, that would be sick, though, to be fair. I won't need to. Because you just stood up, you'd be fine. You'd just have a pole up your back or something like that. <laughs> that sounds a bit wrong, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> like on the coat hanger things, you know, like you get a scarecrow. You just got ah, like yeah. Shirt, yeah, just have one of them. That'd be that'd be decent to be fair. Have my hearing aid turn up to full. Yeah, headphones on as well, ready to go. Yeah, and also on the phone, um, Alex, how you doing, fella? I'm good. Speaking of uh, walking aids, I do actually have crutches in my room, so that's quite funny. Oh, limbs, literally. <laughs> so there you go. So you having a go at the two old ones, and he's the one. With the <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hopefully, we'll get Alex in for the next episode. That'd be absolutely. Excellent. We'd really, we'd really like that. Um, so, yeah, he, I, I had a phone call with him the other day, and he said he's going to be doing wheelies um, down the uh, down the road to our uh, to our to the unit. So look at, look at USW. I don't have a driver's license. <laughs> <laughs> two two for everyone in, in his wake. Um, but no, um, we're going to get on to sort of a sad one today, guys. Um, obviously, we'll try and jovial it up a little bit with our um, childlike banter, but um, we're going to be talking about. A club's death and rebirth so it's got some positivity to it um we we haven't really covered many clubs of um down the league so we covered Notts county and and today we're going to be doing berry or berry afc um who last year were were liquidated um and expelled from the football league and are now uh, rebuilding as a phoenix club um we'll go to you first matt um, what are your memories of Bury? I mean, they're a very historic community like tradition club. So, what are your sort of memories going uh, back in in the the black and white days? <laughs> black and white days. Thanks. <laughs> um, Gig Lane was amazing to go to, a proper old school ground, and and like you said, it was a mass is massive part of the community, and that's what a lot of um, a lot of these new grounds you go to. Uh, you can take Swans, you can take Cardiff, you can take... Um, I'm trying to think where else... But the new, no, Leicester. So so you, you, you go to these new grounds and they're in an industrial estate or they're in a big space and by them you'll have a McDonald's, you'll have a Tesco, you'll have a Asda. You'll, you'll have something that takes away from the character of what you had at Filbert Street, what you had at Ninian Park, what you had at the Vetch. And Gig Lane had that had everything about it smack bang in the middle of the center or like center loads of houses and it, it was part of what everyone did there you, you had people that worked there their first job at school was work doing making the tea or something or being an admin assistant um and it and that whole side of it i remember when sky sports were doing this thing about the and they had the countdown and i was like hang on a minute this is what you do for transfer deadline day which is quite fun. Don't do this for a mm. team that's that won the FA Cup. Yeah, they 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 they've got such um they had such a massive history, and and 
you think about the people connected with the club as well most famous of, of all Neville Neville Gary and Phil's dad um, he worked for them for years and their mum even worked there so it's, it's just you see all those components of what was an amazing ground to go to because it was old it, and I remember going there to watch Cardiff and Bristol Rovers there and it was it was always fun because you knew you were going to it's at the time that Bristol Rovers were playing at Twerton Park so again two old school football grounds stood on the terraces and it was nice it it it, it, it was more about the emotion of going to the ground mm. if you, and, and and that was the same for Ninian Park you had the emotion of going to the ground so and, and I think for for Barry for having having that and the way that it ended is is horrible I couldn't imagine that happening to to Cardiff it, it, it would it wouldn't have put me it, it, I, I don't know I, re, I really mm. that's that's the I think this one's going to be quite weird because we're all talking about a what if with our club but um, I was actually I was actually talking to uh, a Barry fan out on holiday um which is why we miss Barcelona, and, um, and and they were saying that they they the fans have got together and that they've obviously they've bought the rights to the ground and everything like that as well. So the the new Phoenix Club is ready, he said. But it, it they they missed out on so much, and because of where they are, like by Manchester, you've got big clubs there, and and obviously you had the thing happen with Stockport as well. So you've you've got those clubs that are but mm. it was unique to Bury. It, that that was their place. That that was where they could go on a Saturday afternoon, and th- there's people that had supported Bury and not supported anyone else to surround them. So yeah, the, the community feel about it was. Uh, I think it mu- it must have been horrible to know that that was going to happen. Yeah, I mean Ed, it's, it's, it was a club that was built on 136 years of history. Um, founded in 1885 and obviously won won two FA Cup triumphs um, in the early part of the 20th century. Um, just try and put into words really what this would have meant to the people of Bury. I honestly, it's it's such a horrible thing to discuss, and it's it's incredibly emotional. And I think about Matt with with Ninian Park, and you think leaving grounds and stuff and moving into different places it's exciting but it's also sad because of all the memories and the attachments but losing a club is just it's it's unfathomable like I, I couldn't imagine if this happened to to Arsenal or, or even Cardiff City so to, to put into words it would be it, it's just it's a devastating loss and I feel like I, I'm not even sure if, if a Phoenix club can really sort of manifest those feelings because it, it's not the same club you know sure you, you're doing your best to, to bring it back and keep it going but it's not the club that you grew up supporting or it's not the club your father or you know his father grew up supporting and you, you see it makes you realize how lucky you are I think we you know mm. I, I sometimes take things for granted uh, as an Arsenal fan and I think you know we're, we're in a really bad position things are terrible but not that levels are terrible and it's just it's just really really sad and when you read things about their their players leaving like their their best players leaving because of the absence of a paycheck that's just it's crazy yeah i mean alex we'll just go through the story of of, of, sort of the final embers of berry um so they actually you know they had obviously they're a big club uh, in their community uh really tight knit 
but in 2019 the, they had a controversial ownership um, so Stuart Day um, the previous owner left the club in economic turmoil and it was taken over by Steve Dale who was a local businessman with great intentions um, but um, he bought the club with, for one pound um, to try and recompense they entered obviously they got promoted in their final actual season as a football club they were promoted from League 2 to League 1 but they go into League 1 with no real prospects at all um, so many of their players left um, The one of their only players who actually stayed was Captain Neil Dans but um, they didn't have enough players for matches they, they genuinely could not field a team and this is a team in the top um, 68 in, in the country you know this is it really is quite gutting it wasn't long until the EFL set a deadline for Steve Dale to clear Barry's debt and sell the club to a new owner or risk liquidation it was extended to the 27th of August several prospective offers were put to Dale to take over however after seeing how extensive and complicated the deals really were they failed to turn it into deals so Alex I mean the um, the sort of the fact that everything of 136 years or 135 years were put into a couple of days. It's gutting. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it shouldn't happen. I think we're seeing it now as well. You know, you, you look at the stat that you read out earlier that, that the first club to be expelled uh, from the EFL since 1992, and that was Maidstone. Um, it just shouldn't. It shouldn't be a thing that happens, and it, it shows the, the financial advancement of football and the fact that. You know, one owner can can ruin a football club. One single person can ruin 130 plus years of history at a football club. And I think the the worst thing for me is the way you described, um, you know, Bury and where it's close to. And I think at the same time all this was happening with, with Bury, um, you had fans of the big Manchester clubs complaining about transfers. And, and you mm. think to yourself, You've got a club in, in the community that so many of you must have grown up close to, because it's such a close area to there. And you think, you know, you have some fans of those clubs probably would have gone to a Barry game here now. And you know, at the end of the day, it's that thing of the local community club. I mean, it's not on the same thing um, in, in Wales here, but but just going to to one of your local clubs in Wales and, and supporting that, you know, it's something that most people have done because. You know, you either have gone with a parent, or you've gone with, with you know, with schools do do tickets and stuff mm. like that. So, it, it's hard for me to process the fact that it, it even happened in the first place because you think of what someone could have done to, to help the club, and this sort of just got left to to the fans to try and you know find the solution. And like you said, with the the clock on the day that that. Uh, decision was going to be made it was horrendous and it, it shows that there was no real thought at the time um, from outsiders at that club and, and just watching it fade away was, was horrible because it was in the public light and, and no one could really do anything I mean talking of like the butterfly effect really I, I'm going to always try and link things like this back to 1992 when the Premier League was established I think uh, as I said in the last podcast it's sort of what everything signed up to in, in English football where you've got the most elite of the elite and then there's the rest um, clubs like you know it's becoming more and more prevalent now Bolton were days away from, from being expelled that's a club who you know have won the FA Cup <laughs> you know they were a Premier League stalwart for many years 
um, Portsmouth were another one um, who we could cover Notts County we've already covered in a podcast Matt I mean are we in danger of losing more and more of these community run clubs yeah you, you got to look at that and say yes um, I think Peter Crouch did his thing with Dulwich didn't he mm. and he was he was like he couldn't understand how little money actually trickled down to the lower levels now I know in um, if you talk about rugby there, there's a certain way that when when you when you do stuff with the we'll go for we'll talk about the Welsh rugby so you've got the regions then you've got the the uh, club sides underneath that so when you buy a ticket to go and see the, the Six Nations or whatever that money from the ticket goes back to the clubs so it's like the the top tier of what you're watching trickles back down. Windfall. Yeah. So that doesn't seem to happen in the Premier League. And um, th- this is <laughs> this is sounding old now. But back in when when Swansea went into administration twice in the same season, there were collection buckets outside of Ninian Park just p- for people to put money in, and they did. You, you talk about the rival routes in Cardiff and Swansea. If you would. I think they tried doing that at some grounds and some grounds went ahead but you think of 70,000 fans at Old Trafford and then you think of 40,000 fans 50,000 fans at the Etihad and then you go across to Liverpool and you've got 40,000 in Goodison you'd have 45,000 50,000 at Anfield if they had done bucket collections across the Premier League Newcastle fans if they had done that and said right okay this this money is purely going to save Bury now it, it they they would have they would have raised so much but it was it was almost like oh it's not going to happen it's not going to happen oh it's happened and and I and I know I know that uh, when Gary Neville's been asked about it because of his ties with the club he said if he didn't if, because you're not allowed to own two two teams within hmm. the same country. He said if he didn't have the tie with Salford, he would have helped them out. So that must be gut-wrenching for him as well, for the fact that he couldn't go, I'm going to stop with Salford, I'm going to go there, because you have to have a certain amount of time between owning clubs, and there was all different things. It might have been, they might have been able to do a special dispensation for it, but at the same time, if Cardiff and Swansea fans can get together to help each other out, why couldn't Premier League teams just go right we're going to do every team in every team around them could have done it and that would have helped them out massively yes you did need to get rid of a toxic owner and i think it's quite fair to say that because of he he's tried he's actually lost cases where he tried to um the badge he tried to put it under his name so they so bury afc couldn't use it they'd have to pay him a right to use it and also the name the shakers for being their nickname he tried to put that under his name as well so he'd have exclusivity on it so if they wanted to use it he'd get paid out of it now that's not a local businessman that's got the club at heart that's a local businessman that's thinking about his pocket i think you hit the nail on the head with the oh it's okay they're gonna be all right they'll get through this yeah i think it is just people not not so much turning a blind eye but maybe it's a, a lack of emotional attachment i think like I mentioned earlier, it really opens your eyes and it makes you realise that, you know, what if this was happening to my club? I don't feel they think about that. It, you know, mm. maybe if it was happening to their club, they would, they'd fight for it. But like, who are buried to them? Mm. You know, they, they don't feel like it's their fight or their responsibility rather than, 
a sort of sense of you know community or togetherness or unity mm, definitely um there's a uh, interview here um with nick dawes a midfielder um who used to play for barry between 1992 and 2001 uh the the quote he he says here apologies is you have to cut this out because it's decided to break here we go so uh, the quotes from uh, nick dawes uh, it appears for ex- it, it appears that for a sustained period of time the club has overspent beyond its means leaving it in a terrible financial situation there is often a desire to overspend for many reasons such as trying to win promotion avoid relegation or outside influences i'm terribly sad that the club that gave me my professional opportunity in this position and i hope that many have had a very fc returning in some capacity looks unlikely expulsion from the afl is a real blow one that upsets me greatly i mean even former players alex uh sort of gut-wrenching as obviously matt mentioned gary neville as well um what what do you think for being in their position um just watching an institution of their life fall apart again i think that links to being a supporter as well it'd be like watching it'd be like watching your club fade away but to have been a player of the club and a club that had given them so much and not been able to step in and say look I will help I I can come and help it's horrible because it's like it's like where some people get get their first job you know you put that into into sort of a a perspective of someone who works in in a shop or for, for a local business and then if they were to be facing financial turmoil and you can't step in to help you lose a part of something that was so special to you especially in football and what football means to, to a lot of people um, to be an ex-player uh, and Bury be the first club that decided to give you a chance and you know set you on your way f- for the future it's I don't it's one of those things I just it's it's hard to, to imagine exactly how someone could feel in that moment because they would want to try and help to to avoid losing a piece of their life and a piece of something that is so close to them and did so much for them at the time and sort of you know when when you hear that people wanted to help and would have done anything they could have but simply couldn't that's when it, it gets put into perspective that you know it, it's it's one of those things that is extremely sort of it must have been extremely tough to, to come to terms with at the time and it still must be now you know I mean, even though they have the Phoenix Club, it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's the same. Hmm. From a journalist's point of view, Ed, how would you approach covering this? Because it's a it's an emotive situation, but you also have to be mindful, really, of of getting all your facts right and making sure that you don't upset the wrong people. I think it's important to be. Um to be emotive in a situation like this I think especially most journalists will support clubs you know they've got to be you know as unbiased as possible but I think everybody has an attachment to a club so I I think you can identify with that and I I think it's important that you you tell the truth and you know you, you might upset the wrong people and if they have condemned these clubs to to you know their fate then I I think so be it I think it's important that you you know you present the correct facts and data but I think if it means you know sending somebody down for um well potentially being responsible then I just think you you have to tell the truth mm, definitely well what about you Matt what are your thoughts on sort of covering a situation like this and 
you know it's got to be worded carefully yeah you, you've, you've got to go careful of the whole the legal side of things and you've got to make sure that you you don't say anything that's going to get yourself into trouble or or put any investigations into in into a bit of a dogfight because of how you how you've broadcast something um I think what they've done since being Bury AFC has been, has been positive, um, and and I think you'd have to you'd have to do a bit of background check on on the owners, um, not just Steve Dale, but prior to that, and just see and and do a bit of digging around and just go well why has this happened if you do uh, do research into gates like who the attendances what players they were bringing in the management salaries or all, all that stuff like that you you you'd go in with you'd have to be kind of forgetful of the facts of what's happening and just try and look at the facts of what's got them to there mm. so so you could so you could build your story mm. i don't i don't think you could ever go in and go oh my god this guy's this that and the other because there's so many different variables yeah, there, yeah there's so many different things that could be put in it's like yeah at the end of the day steve dale was the the final nail in the coffin for them but how many ti- how many owners before that were the ones that put them through the potentially put them in the danger that they saw then um going back on the steve dale and the um intellectual property thing that he tried pulling he he had to pay barry <laughs> afc 500 pounds in costs so what they did, and this goes back again to what we said at the beginning, being a community club, they used that to buy four uh, season tickets, give it to lo- two local charities, and said, right, give these to two people that you think are most deserving. So it, and it, um, it's it's something that the um, the food bank volunteer um, in Bury said was amazing, Tina Harrison. Um, and she said the Bury Community Support Network wishes to thank Bury AFC for the season tickets for the upcoming season this will allow people with limited income something to look forward to and hopefully enjoy in the coming months that's massive That that's what Bury was that's, that's mm. what it always will be so they've got money from a negative aspect of the fact that their old owners trying to say well no I own the badge I own this I own that and they've turned that money into something positive so I, th- I think for a journalist on that side of things, it there's nothing you could do wrong in covering everything that Barry FC do, because it's going to be a positive it's situation. Awesome. Yeah, is is everything they're trying to do is is the best way forward? And I think we covered it in the when we spoke about the Manchester United um, situation with the Wrexham fans having to like put their remortgage their houses so they could buy the club, yeah, and, and take them out of the turmoil. Bury fans didn't have that warning. They didn't have the chance of, like, you imagine going to a mortgage company in 2019 and go, "Oh, I want to remortgage the house. Why? Because I want to invest in a football club." They they just go, "No, not <laughs> you're not doing that. Then we're not going to do that." Oh, but as a fan, we're going to buy the club. We're gonna we're going to own it. So yeah. you you'd have to you had to you had to move pretty quick because it all just happened so quickly. They got they got promotion, and I think it was in was it in November that yeah. everything started to go wrong. So you you think you got from when they got promotion, um, the manager left and went to Plymouth and took yeah. three players with him. Yep. So when that happened, you you just lost your, your manager, which would be the most expensive part of your of your setup. Sorry, five players it was. Five players went. 
including now Newport County striker Dom Telford. Yeah, so so you look you look at that situation. So you've lost five players, you've lost your manager. The guy at the top doesn't want to put any money into it. So from September to or from August to November, you, you're fighting a losing battle. That's not a long enough time. Even if you're talking in real terms, getting a remortgage probably takes about eight weeks. That's two months. So from the moment it all started going a bit wrong. To, to say it, say it without swearing or anything like mm. that but the moment it started going wrong you wouldn't have had that eight weeks to go to a mortgage company say what your reasons were for for doing it to help out no but like I said before in that eight week period you'd have had eight weeks of raising money at all the grounds around the country that wanted to raise money for them and you could have done it <laughs> time now to get into our, our what if section um and i'm going to do pose two two questions um to you guys now and it's going to be quite interpersonal for all of you um we'll go to to you ed first um i want you to put yourself in the shoes of ryan Lowe, the the uh, the manager who's now pressing north end actually but he was um a berry at the time you've got the five players there as well and, and other players who left to join other clubs from both a financial and an emotional situation would you have stayed at Bury like the captain Neil Dans in order to try and help the club out or would you have looked elsewhere I think I would have stayed I, I would have felt morally obligated to stay I think you know I, I, I would have signed up to a project I would have believed in the project and um, you know ultimately I, I would have wanted to, to you know I, if I was in the position of this person I believe I'd be capable of doing the best job possible I'd want to do the best job possible and I would do everything possible to save the club yeah I mean it's a difficult one because we're used to footballers being paid hundreds of thousand pounds a week these guys are still on a healthy wage don't get me wrong but it's wouldn't be sustainable if they didn't sign up for you know they, they're they all looking football is a short career you know mm. um, Alex what would be your thoughts on that would you would you look elsewhere for financial stability uh, it's, it's all good because again it's it's football um, and it's one of those weird things I think players that did go probably went because you know that there was opportunity somewhere else and sometimes it's it, they have to do things to benefit their careers Hmm. themselves but at the same time it's, it's awkward because like Ed said they, they signed up they signed a contract to a project that you know that they had just got promoted when you, you know you do think about you know they had hmm. just been promoted they were in League 1 which was I believe Plymouth was still in League 2 at that point as well hmm. yeah Um. So, so they're going back down the division probably for a bit less money than they were on but at the same time, I think I, I sort of agree with Ed. I think it's one of those things you just you have to stick out, stick it, you know, stick out with the the, the plan until the plan doesn't work anymore, until everything is completely, you know, until there's nothing more that you can do. And perhaps you know, if people had stayed at the club, then mm. perhaps a, a potential buyer may have, uh, have seen it as a as a decent, more like you know, a more efficient opportunity rather than buying a, a club with a team that doesn't have enough players to, to field for a game each week so take your point but I'm going to say to you now Matt 
it, you tell you it's a DJ job, right? <laughs> you're at, you're at a club. Yeah, you, you've got you signed a contract with with this with this nightclub, and they haven't paid you in three weeks. Um, after they meant to uh, to, and you get an offer from another nightclub, who aren't going to pay you as much, but they're definitely going to pay you. Wait, wait, and you you have not no got you've got no guarantee of getting paid again. You what, go, you go, wouldn't you? That's that'd be. I, I I do think that these guys are they they do need to think about their financial situations. I've had that in the past as well, um, working for some people, and uh, years and years ago, and I've, I've prob- probably out of pocket a good month and a half to two months wages, because I, it, it was a it was a friend, mm. and and everything I was being told was yeah yeah we'll sort it out we'll sort it out we'll sort it out we'll sort it out, so that was getting further and further down the line. The more work I did, the less I was getting paid for, and then that that offer, like you said, came up, and I was like. Oof. Is with a company that are going to pay me week in week out. Yeah, I can't. I can't not take that. And I think going to answer your other question, there's two different situations you could be in. Now, if you're a young player living in a flat, you you've got a girlfriend or whatever like that, and and you and you've been quite sensible. You haven't just got gone and splashed it on loads of stuff, and you've saved. Then yeah, you could you could probably sit it out and go. I've probably got about three or four months where I can sit here and go I can play for Bury if you've got a family and a mortgage and a house and stuff like that that's when it gets a little bit more risky because you go I really need this money in to pay for um, clothes for food for and it's not just you in that scenario then yeah. that that's your wife that's your children that's that's their roof over their head that's the cars whatever whatever you've got in that situation so you you probably be you probably have a month to two months of not being able to have something coming in and I think some of them like six months without being paid mm. so in that situation you'd go like the offer comes up for playing for whoever and go oh we're going to pay you week in week out yeah cool I'm off yeah so it's hard isn't it? it really is it's all I think if it's a Premier League footballer who is financially stable you'd be edging towards the stay but I think just the normal average footballer. I'm not saying that they're not well off because they very much are, but it's not as easy, you know. It re- it's really not. But I'm going to pose another question to you guys, um, and I'll start with you, Alex. What would you do if your club was liquidated? <laughs> Horrible thing because you don't like thinking about it. So it's one of those things that's hard to think about. Um, I think it's about coming together with the rest of the fan base and trying to do what Barry have done and create the Phoenix Club because to liquidate it, it's hard to, to save sort of any part of that and that the the Phoenix Club is probably the, the, the only way you can look at an effective long term thing um, mm. of course it's hard because you lose so much you lose history you lose the, the identity it's almost sort of one of those things it's it's hard to to, to give a to give an answer to this because you don't think about it much and you don't want to put much thought into it because you know you, you never want to see the day that that, that would happen um, which is which is a horrible sort of thing because 
I mean, like we're seeing now, it, it's a reality to a lot of clubs and a lot of fans at the moment. Um, you know, you got you got Derby, who we've spoken about. They're in a in a situation where they could they could see some drastic action and and things happen over the next few months. So it's but on a personal thing, I think that the Phoenix Club is the best sort of solution. But if I, I was going to throw a question back to you, Chris, and to the rest mm. as well. Not so much Max because we've seen it happen in the past, but Chris, if Everton were in the same situation that Swansea were years ago and, and the Bury have been, w- would you put money in a bucket to say the Everton Football Club? Yeah, I, I would. I would. I think there's so much intertwined between the two clubs in the city. Um, you know, there's the rivalry. I wouldn't mind seeing him get relegated, mind. But <laughs> you'd miss the rivalry, though, Chris. I, I wouldn't. Mi- uh, no, I still won't get relegated. I, I, I had this conversation with someone yesterday. I'm like, oh, please, it would be, it would be very funny. But I would not. It's sort of like a really annoying younger brother or older brother. Like you hate them. Like, you really, really hate them. But at the end of the day, you can't really function without them. And that's what Everton are like. And you know, they'll, they'll not. They always, you know, know their place. But, um, I, but. At the same time, I'm going to say it's on no even close level to what Barry fans and what other fans have been through. But and, and Ed, you'll relate to this. When the European Super League happened, I I fell out of love with Liverpool. I really did, because it just represented everything that I didn't represent with the city of Liverpool, which is why I support the club. And that is. I, I almost felt like it liquidated within me if you know what I mean I, I don't know how you felt about it at the time but it, honestly with everything I do is intertwined with that football club and it just felt dead it's it's kind of like what you said with the Premier League it's, it's all designed for money it's all money motivated and I think yeah like you say with identity when I think since Kroenke has taken over it's all about money so when the Super League becomes a thing he's obviously rubbing his hands together thinking you know this is going to be the best money maker ever but yeah it was it's a, it's a huge kick in the teeth not just for us as fans but I think the Premier League and the other um, other divisions like why why should this be a thing why should we be put on the pedestal mm. it's um and about it happening to Arsenal, any any sort of liquidation, I think you know, mine and Matt's age is, is well documented, as you've mentioned. Really. <laughs> I've been, been watching Arsenal um, a long time, and uh, it would it would feel like I'd lost a part of me, you know, a, a huge part of me. And I I don't know if I could sort of follow a similar route to Alex in terms of a Phoenix club, or if I just maybe would choose not to support a club in the future because that that was my club. It will always be my club. And um, I, I I feel like I would just become a neutral at that point if uh, if I had to lose if I had to lose my club. I think what I'd probably do is, I mean I've still done it as well. Is is start to follow my local teams more. Hmm. Hereford, I I didn't even think about them for the last seventeen years of my life. But they're they're another club that we could again do a podcast on. But they I I, I now follow them. And I want to go up and see them at some point. You know, I I love watching the the Welsh teams, like cause they're localish to me. So, well, it's it's really funny that you say about like the the whole the way that is bond is gone. Cardiff have been close, so so close to going through the hoop. Swansea, Wrexham, and Newport. Merthyr in the English tier in the English pyramid. They they did the same and they're now fan based. 
every Welsh club has been either close or gone in. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I, I remember us having to sell Graham Kavanagh and Danny Gabidon to basically be able to stay afloat. And that was always the thing with Cardiff. They had to sell a player to be able to to keep going. And since Vincent Tan's come in, we've, we've not really been in that situation because he does put his hand in his pocket. Whatever you think about the guy, he's, he's actually saved us. Um, but you, you look at the wages for... Going back to when you said about, like, would you be able to survive? Would you, would you stay there? Um, average League 2 salary is around about £2,000 a month. Um, so you think about you could probably do two or three months without that and then you'd be you'd be without it um, so and and to be fair I talking about this I want to go and see Bury AFC now mm. I'd love to take a trip up there um, they're in the ninth tier of English football and just just to go and see what's gone on and what they're doing and be part of just just go there to be nosy and just see right guys and t- and chat to people up there and say how do you think he's gone for you, do you are you are you enjoying this this part of the journey again do you think you'll be back in the football league anytime soon just just have a general conversation with them mm. yeah it's, it is it's really damning but at the same time they are you know they're playing again uh they're likely to get the, the gig lane back gig lane back and well, I just wish them all the best, to be honest with you. I really, really do. And, I, and it's the same with, with Macclesfield and, and other clubs who, who have taken that plunge and hopefully they can come back up and, and bounce back. But, yeah, it's, um, don't, I don't want to leave a sour taste on it, boys. But, yeah, that's another end of a, of a Buck Stops Here podcast. Hopefully they can uh, they can be back very, very soon, uh, as we will be uh, next week. So make sure to keep in touch with all of that stuff. Make sure to follow us at Buck Stops Pod on all our personal Twitters um, and whatever uh, social medias you prefer to use. I just prefer... Twitter to be honest because it's the easiest but um, <laughs> from from myself from Alex at home from, from Ed and from, from Matt that is another episode of the Buck Stops here we'll catch you in the next one see you later